Welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast. It is episode 72. Just the two of us. Hello, week. Merlin. Hello, Eleanor. <laughs> How are you? Very formal there. I'm uh, very well. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm good. I'm good. We're both basically going to sit here and just gas about Ramstein for about two hours, aren't we? I, I can think? talk about Ramstein for my entire life. I know. It's going to be ridiculous. Alice is away this week, so you're just stuck with the two of us, but it's fine. All is well. Uh, don't forget that the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out right now. It's a Sabaton Spectacular. We've got a world-exclusive interview with the band. We go backstage at their biggest show ever, 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 ever. The magazine comes with a free tank, which if you head over to MetalHammer.com and Metal Hammer on Twitter, you can see uh, a handy little video that our friends at Nuclear Blast put together showing you how to put it all together and all that business. It is really good. Uh, there's free Sabaton stickers. There's an Avenged Sevenfold poster pack in there as well. So if you're a big Avenged fan, you need to pick that up. And we've got just a couple of our Sabaton bundles still left as well. So you get all those goods I just mentioned, plus an exclusive Sabaton cover that you only get with that bundle and a hand-signed lyric sheet uh, individually signed by every single member of the band and an exclusive Sabaton patch that you can't get anywhere else. So it's basically the greatest thing in the world if you like Sabaton. I'm still a bit disappointed we haven't made tanks and raced them yet. Um, I'm not very good at making them. I've tried like three times and fucked it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but but as I said, on the website and uh, the Twitter and everything out, the Twitter, what granddad. Online, you can see a really good guide on how to put it together. And if you actually know what you're doing, unlike idiots like me, it does actually look really good. So there. Is there something like, are your hands too big to make it or something? Why would you say that? <laughs> Because didn't, no. we, didn't we randomly compare our hands last week and your what? hand was like 10 times the size of my hand? Well, firstly, it's not 10 times the size of your hand. And thanks, that's going to sit with me for the rest of the week now. <laughs> Every time I eat an ice cream, I'm just going to be like, so small with my giant, horrible lobster hands. <laughs> Fuck's you sake. just have to get a bigger ice cream. I feel awful now. Big, brilliant. Cheers. So whatever. I've got big hands. Um, can we talk about Norwegian Reggaeton for a second? Yes, please? let's talk about Norwegian Reggaeton. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen this right Alice did she does this thing sometimes when I sit next to her sometimes she'll see something online and then she'll just slowly turn her head around and even if I've got headphones on I'll just be aware of her like looking at me with this face and I know she's found something online she needs to show me (laughs) and she did it with this video and I was like what are you watching and yeah it's a bunch of people I'm so glad you're gonna go straight into explaining this because I don't think I could okay it's a bunch of people on an island resort singing a reggaeton song while dressed in black metal clothing and corpse paint. Reggaeton is, of course, the kind of super beat heavy, electrolyzed, electrolyzed? I just made that word up. But it's yeah, fine. that's not a word. Electro heavy uh, kind of descendant of reggae and dancehall. If you um, go anywhere... About as far away from Norwegian black metal as you can get, basically. Like, if you go anywhere in Europe that isn't here and go to a club, they'll be playing reggaeton. Yeah. Gasolina, that's a reggaeton song, isn't it? Yeah, Desposito. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bangers, mate. So, that's the thing. What is very confusing is, I was thinking, oh, it's a Norwegian band, but it's an Italian band. doing Re- Really? Doing this, yeah. I think they're from Rome or something. It's an Italian band who've made this video dressed as Norwegian black metalers on, like, an island resort. It's very weird. It's so weird. Although, the good thing about it is that it has really funny lyrics, because it is a parody. 
And but, so the, the, the weird thing is about it though is that it's it's literally just a reggaeton song. There's no there's no essence of metal in the music whatsoever. No, just but the iconography. No, yeah, all the iconography, all the the lyrics in it. Like it talks about Dark Throne and Fenris and just yeah. all this random shit. Do you but it's, know? it's all just a it's all just a regga- reggaeton song. It just doesn't make any sense. Do you want to know my favorite lyric? Go on, then. My dracker is ready. Won't you get on board while I proudly sail in the depths of your fjord? So that sounds quite metal. <laughs> you know what I mean? The depths of your fjord. It's a metal sex lyric. It's co- oh, yeah, I suppose it is. I didn't really think of that. Yeah, that's the whole thing about it. <laughs> Just totally missed the, the real raging subtlety at the heart of that lyric there. I had to look at what Draca was. It's a Viking longboat. Wow. Well, uh, anyway. Uh, I'm going to start using the word fjord now. It was actually someone on the... Um, oh, no, I can't remember who it was now. Uh, sorry, I've forgotten. But for someone on the the Metal Hammer Reader Facebook group, actually pointed this out, and um, it's already got past a million views on YouTube. I think. Wow. So, but and, and I think ninety nine percent of those must just be from bemused metalheads who don't know what the fuck's going on. So, if you haven't seen this video yet, um, go over to metalhammer.com now and just look up Norwe- Norwegian reggaeton. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just comfortably the most bizarre thing. I think it's the, the last time I felt like this watching a video was when I saw Gangnam Style for the first time. It's just the weirdest. It do, like it doesn't make any sense. The two things don't go together. It's got <laughs> nothing to do with metal at all, apart from someone just decided to lyrically theme a song about it. Yeah, I feel like we need to do a bit more investigating. We haven't said their name either. They're called Nano War of Steel. There you go then. So, Nano War of Steel. So it's like Man of War, but Nano War so, with an N. I mean... I know it's only uh, a few weeks till Bloodstock now, but I'm just saying Bloodstock, if you want to, <laughs> one of the most <laughs> left field bookings ever. Uh, what did you say they're called? Nana War of Steel. Nana War of Steel. Nana War of Steel, mate. Get them on, get people jiving and twerking. A song is Norwegian reggaeton. Wow. So now you know. Go look it up on metalhammer.com now and um, don't blame us <laughs> whatever weird emotional impact it happens to have on you. Yeah. Absolutely just, weird. Just let yourself... Uh, be taken away by the song <laughs> <laughs> speaking of emotional impact um god let's just do it let's talk about ramstein <gasps> at the stadium mk i believe is the official <sighs> name of it the mk dons football stadium basically um yeah i mean everything we read online was people saying it's the greatest stadium show ever it's the biggest show they've ever seen and you know we're lucky enough to go to a lot of gigs and even just through the years as a fan, going to a few stadium gigs along the way, even when it comes to Ramstein, you take these things with a pinch of salt. But I mean, this is one of the few times where I feel like every single bit of hype that followed this tour around has been completely justified. It's absolutely insane. I mean, I've talked before, <coughs> excuse me, about my favourite ever gig, which was at Perfect Circle in the early 2000s. But apart from that, which I'm just going to put to one side for a second, this is the best gig I've ever seen, ever. Wow. Honestly Not blew me. Not a stadium me. gig. Gig. Honestly ever. blew me away. I've never seen a show like this. The entrance was crazy from the beginning. I think yeah, we have let's, a... Well, let's take it from the top. So you walk into the stadium. What do you think of MK Stadium as well as a venue? I really liked it. I felt like it was easy to get to easy to get into it was very open so if you were seated it was easy to walk around and find your seat and if you're standing there are several places where you can just go and stand and anywhere that you stand on the floor I think you would have had a really good view because I was kind of mid near the b stage I think you were on the other side of the b stage randomly 
and then you could kind of look to the front of the venue but even walking to the back which I did towards the end just to see what the whole thing looked like it still looked incredible so I really rated it actually yeah I think that losing those extra couple of dozen thousand people in it because I think the capacity is about 40k right I know it's less than what they're doing in Germany, for example. Yeah. I think some of the other shows have got bigger stadium, stadium sure. than what we've got. But maybe, I, I mean, you know, it's the first time they've done this. Normally they'll do a couple of arena shows or thereabouts. Yeah. So maybe they wanted to do it at a slightly le lesser level. I think Twickenham and Wembley Stadium are both um, in the 60s to 80s. So it's definitely a smaller stadium overall than most rock bands will come and play in the south of England or whatever. Um and the difference really shows because, I mean, I stood pretty close to the back for the whole gig and there wasn't any point where I felt like I could have done with a big screen or uh, could have done with being a bit closer. Like you can see everything. You can see that you can see the band really clearly. Um, but even if you couldn't, I mean, the, the size of the stage. It's oh, the first I've time never I've seen, seen a stage like show that. that's bigger than the stadium it's in. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It was pointing out over the top. It was like this crazy kind of spaceship slash dystopian alien like existence thing or yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah it was just this massive thing coming right up from the center over the top of the stadium and then flanked by these industrial round objects like the fans they've had yeah before. they look like big fans or something they? yeah because they we spoke to some of their production people for an issue a few issues back and they were kind of talking about how everything is always a bit distressed. It's industrial. It's got that kind of like old aesthetic, like nothing in Ramstein world is new. It's always a bit distressed and industrial and used. And they've sort of taken the shapes of the big fans they've had before those circles. And they've had kind of two circles at a lower level and two circles at a higher level. And then all around the back, it was just lights. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and it, it looked, it's always great. Kind of a similar thing with the Metallica stage. Um, although, a lot, you know, just so much bigger and more crazy looking. But it, it's nice when you, you come into it. When you come into a gig that big, you want to feel like you're part of a real event. You don't want to feel like you're just, it's just another big kind of soulless show. Um, and coming in and seeing that big, like like the comparison I was going to make was when you see the big M and the A in the Metallica show. Like when you mm. come into that, that, that stadium, you see that big, mad looking industrial structure. You instantly feel like something really cool is about to happen. I saw about five minutes of the piano group that supported Oh, them. I watched them. I thought it was all right. Yeah, that was the thing. It was fine. It's kind of ambient setting rather than I think something you're supposed to watch and kind of... The creepy yeah. thing was I came in just as they started and there's all these stairs you have to walk down into the standing area and there was the massive dominating stage structure there and everything was sort of grey and they're playing one of the Ramstein, because the support act play Ramstein songs on the piano. It's a duo that do covers. And as I walked down the stairs, I'm not sure what song it was, but it was just this creepy piano, sort of quite slow and soft and eerie. And I was walking down these stairs yeah. and it kind of felt like I was walking down the aisle in some kind of weird sci-fi movie into this <laughs> massive, like, weird, messed up alien church where something bad was about to happen. That was what I felt like anyway. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. I've got quite a vivid imagination, so probably not everyone had the same thing. No, no, it was, I mean, it was just, uh, it, the whole thing was creepy, yeah. Um, um, and we had a slightly different reaction to the the opening yes. song. Um, so they played... One of the slow numbers off the album. Rossik Lieber. Rossik Lieber. Um, 
uh, which uh, I, I had seen that was on that was starting the gigs by then, so I was quite surprised by that. So I kind of got my head. I think we said um, when they released the the um, Deutschlands a few, um, well, I guess a couple of months ago, it must be now. We were like, oh, that song's going to start the show because yeah. it just feels dramatic. It's got the build up in it, and then the big boom kind of vibe. It's gonna they're going to kick off with that. There's going to be loads of pyro, and then Ramstein will be on stage. Um, that's not really how they decided to do it. They went for a kind of more eerie, spookily ambient thing. And uh, the track starts, they all kind of slowly lurch on stage. Then all this kind of black pluming smoke comes out of the, the kind of stacked pylons at the back um, and the front as well. So the whole stadium starts filling with all that thick smoke. Um, you really, well, you loved it, didn't you? I loved it. Yeah. It was like... I found it a bit lacking and I didn't feel like the the... I felt like when they then went into links afterwards, it was like, now the gig started, you know? I love the fact it wasn't obvious. You know, they could easily, they're Ramstein, they could easily just come on to loads and loads of fire and just go, hey, we're Ramstein, here's a Ramstein show. But it was creepy, it was eerie, it was unsettling. It was like, because the stage set was so towering and we were so low down, it felt like, again, you're in this very creepy alien world where something is going on and you're, in it in this situation which is happening and you don't know what's going to happen and all this smoke filled the entire stadium so the whole stadium had this kind of like choking black smoke in it where you breathed in and it smelled like burning and petroleum it did it fucking stank (laughs) yeah and like it was insane it's like being in an immersive experience it was like being in this place that you can't get out of but you don't want to get out of because you want to be there and it genuinely felt a bit unsettling and you just didn't know what was going to happen next and then there was a massive bang and I shit myself (laughs) I was literally I was with one of our colleagues from classic rock Fraser and I was standing right behind him and I just I just screamed fuck in his ear because I just was not expecting that to happen it was like lull you into a false sense of security and then just do that it was it was mad and yeah I I definitely like I mean I, I agree with your your analysis of why they did that it it made for a slightly different atmosphere it it unsettled people um it kind of took you a bit unawares it didn't get what you expected um but that said maybe it made links even more impactful by doing that actually like when it when they kicked into links it was like oh my word and you could just see the swell of i mean it's a stadium gig there's gonna be a lot of people there who probably haven't even listened to the new album they're like more casual fans or whatever so when they played probably what's in their top three most famous songs everyone just went absolutely do lally and after that it was just punch after punch after punch i mean i thought the new song sounded fantastic mm, um so. deutschland radio both sounded brilliant um oh god i'm so bad with these track names zeke dick yeah zeke dick da, 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 the fast <laughs> thrashy one that's the third track on the the one um, that opens with the choral yeah 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 this makes a look da, 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 yeah that one i thought that sounded awesome um love the choice of older tracks they put in there um i'm just trying to think of specific stage sets there was the before deutschland they did this weird interpretive kind of trancey thing where um was it flack hang on a minute up in the- no i was gonna say we need before you talk about that we need to talk about the lift which you're just gonna talk about oh yeah go on it was richard crusp went up in the lift it was richard i thought it was yeah so he did a dj mix a DJ mix. He did a mix of Deutschland 
And the, there's a big central tower that we mentioned and he ascended the central tower in a lift yeah. and he was wearing this white coat with all these feathers all over it and his red wristband. And then that's when and the then, other members came out yeah, so on the stage. It suddenly turned into this weird like 4am amnesia in Ibiza kind of like ambient rave. Um, and the other members all came on in these in these big kind of like hooded tracksuits lined with um like led lighting that made that looked like they bought it out of cyber dog in camden or something yeah, yeah, totally. and they all started throwing these like kind of semi-robotic dance moves together it was it was weird i wasn't sure about that bit to be honest i was a bit like what like, they would just look like weird fluorescent stick men just doing a random dance yeah i think i think because it wasn't quite dark enough the vibe of it like it just looked like a bunch of dudes in glass hoodies dancing at like it, at no point was i like i could see what it, what, what the um you know the outlines of the lights were supposed to look like but at no point was i was like wow it's a bunch of stick dudes dancing like it was a bunch of guys in hoods dancing with lit up bits so i don't know if that quite worked i don't think it was quite dark enough yeah i agree with the vibe in the stadium was a bit like eh? you know? i agree with you but i also think it was hilarious it was and hilarious and it's ramstein so they yeah. can just do do that like what Very other band fair. would do that it's almost like you have to be willing to do a bit of that performing and make yourself look a bit silly and do something a bit random and out there and just kind of stop in the middle of your show and do this weird stick man dance and i just think you're not going to get that with any other band no you're not and and i, I think it's easy to forget that ramstein are daft sometimes yeah and that's fine <laughs> yeah and i think it's great because again they've got so much success they can just come and play a stadium you'd expect people like that to be maybe quite po-faced about what they will and won't do yeah and they're just quite happy to just be stick men and dance around the stage because that's what they want to do yeah exactly um uh obviously in terms of pyro it was everywhere the first time i think i've ever seen um i mentioned there were these kind of big scaffoldy columns at the like two of them at the back of the gig as well um, one of the first times I've seen that much pyro coming from Absolutely. like the back of the arena as well, uh, the stadium, sorry, as well as the front. Um, so that would that never got old when they did that. I, I was stood right, almost directly under one of the back pylons, and <clears throat> every time it just burst into flame, it was like, oh my god, this yeah. is like what the fuck. That was that thing that whole the whole show. I just had that really visceral reaction. It yeah. was just like, obviously, bands make you feel stuff all the time. That's kind of what they do. But the fact that these physical things were happening so close to you, it's like your body just reacts to them even before you've thought about them. So it's like this whole body experience. Yeah, definitely. I think we have to talk about two things with regards to Pyro. Go on. Sonna and Puppa. Yeah, so uh, Puppa came first. Which uh, What did they do in Puppa? Puppa, the pram set on oh, fire. Pram. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. So obviously Ramstein, again, talking yeah, to their production people, they do this thing where a lot of the props are oversized. So they have the cooking pot for flacker until wheels it out. And they have this thing where they do a lot of physical work on stage. So the pot will get pushed out by till rather than kind of it being a mechanical thing. So they had a massive pram on stage that till had to wheel out that were really uncomfortable and oversized and massive and creepy. And you're like, well, that's obviously going to set on fire because yeah, it was just yeah, obviously yeah. going to set on fire. Yeah, that's what it is with Ramstein. As soon as something comes out, <laughs> that's going up. Uh, and Puppa, I love that song. It's so dramatic and horrible at the same time. So you knew that, that this pram was going to set on fire. But they did it quite cleverly. They didn't have screens during the show, which is very unusual for a band of that size. But they had like one LED screen 
in the center column, which would change. So it would have their logo and that kind of thing. And then Till had a head camera. Oh, yeah. And so he was they looking at different members. Stu- I forgot they had stuff from that, actually. But it was only a small setup. Yeah, but also it does show you how, <laughs> relatively speaking, intimate that stadium is because at no point that I... I forgot that was there. Mm. Whereas normally most of the time you're looking at at the screen the whole time because you can't see what's going on. Yeah. So Till had a head cam and he was looking, they established it by him looking at people on stage and it being on the screen. So you're like, okay, Till has a head cam. Whatever he looks at is shown on the screen. That's what's happening. And then he looks in the pram and this footage comes up on the screen of this horrible, creepy, freakish baby. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, What's going to happen now? Yeah, that was grim. And then the pram sets on fire and all this ash comes out. And by ash, I mean black confetti that just goes over the whole stadium. And yeah, literally, I was loving the confetti. It was like, That was another thing that came out the back of the stadium as well as the front. It was yeah. just it was so immersive, wasn't it? Exactly that, exactly that. It was awesome. Um, well, anything else we Sonna. should push out? Yeah, oh God, Sonna was that just was like... Just- I've never experienced anything like that. I mean, if anyone li- if anyone's into Ramstein and they listen to a podcast like this, there's a, probably a chance they've seen some videos of Sonna because on social media afterwards, that was the song everyone was posting shit from. Sonna's my favorite Ramstein song, and I was like, Very fairly, and I was like, okay, I hope they play Sonna. You know, I've looked at the set list; they probably will. But the impact of that song was insane. Like, there's pyro, and then there's pyro literally the flames were coming out of every single part of the set and then always followed by that creepy black smoke and it's that thing again where you almost kind of feel a bit fear inside like you know that it's not real but your body kind of reacts and goes like my face is burning why is my face burning why is that thing exploding over there it was like i don't want to say like being in a war zone because obviously not being in a war zone but (laughs) everything was just fire and smoke everywhere it was it was so wild wasn't it I've and, never and, seen and all the other like stuff it. was there at various points the flaming instruments uh, um till did the crossbow thing didn't he yeah he the shot the thing where they go yeah. along the what do you call those uh, there's like fireworks that go from the back of the stadium to the front basically yeah like that and they yeah. go along like a um a oh, wire type thing what do you call the wire that you ride along and you go Woo, along aerial here. runway no zip wire. you know zip wire yeah it's like <laughs> almost like a zip wire they fire the fireworks along so they go all the way to the back and then bang and then all the way back and then the whole stage goes on well when they hit back on the stage again i think this was just before duhast yeah and when the whole um stage um goes up again like it goes like it's like it's not even like a load of fireworks are going off it's like someone's just dumped a load of fire straight onto the stage it looks mental yeah yeah i think it was before duhast because i remember that it was during duhast i think it was during duhast okay cool um, uh, so yeah, oh gosh, just mad. And um, they popped up at the little back stage. Um, I was right to next do to the, it. Yeah, I was as well. well. You sent me your photo and I accidentally posted it on my account. <laughs> <laughs> I was really upset that Merlin posted my picture on his Instagram I've stories. got this long time rib of Elle um, that she's terrible at taking photos because whenever she comes back from holiday, she's taking like, she'll be like, look at this beautiful photo of this mu- mural I saw in town, but it'll be like of a drain and then murals in the background. <laughs> um, and Elle sent me a photo she'd taken that was so good that I thought I'd taken it and I actually posted it on my Instagram story. And I went back and went, oh, I'd had a few beers by this point. And then I went back and I was like, oh my God, Elle took that. Oh my God. She took a better photo than me. I couldn't take it. So yeah, it was very good. But anyway, the point was we were both like right under the... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah where they popped up at the back to do Engel, I think, wasn't it? It was so good. Version. Again, I was just like, uh, I was just so excited. 
to I didn't really realize they were going to be using I knew they were going to use a B stage at some point but I hadn't really clocked when I stood there that that was the B stage and they were going to be on there. Yeah. And they came out and did Engel and Till was right on the corner. Um and then Ollie came right on the corner for a while and then they all came down the stairs and got in the dinghies to surf back to the stage and it was literally right in front of where I was and I was like ah so so they're sick. They're jumping in the dinghies yeah, it's just amazing. Again, I've seen that before. It's not a new stunt, but it's just still really fun. Yeah, and, and also really because of this, again, because of the size of the stadium, wherever you are, you feel closer to it. Like you feel, yeah. uh, obviously someone's always going to be nearer to where it's happening, but it just feel even if you're quite a bit further away, you you don't feel like it's something happening off in the distance. It feels no. like something you're part of. Um, yeah, I really rate that stadium for those kind of um, those kind of shows. Although I should say for balance, a lot of people did tweet me after I said that saying that apparently merch queues were a fucking nightmare. I didn't actually bother because the queues were so long. There was um, a guy I was with who asked someone in the queue how long they'd been queuing up for and they said they'd been there two hours. And Oof. I was like, I don't want to get in the queue for two hours. I'd rather just find my place yeah. to watch from and enjoy the show. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was just amazing. Um, Elle's second favourite gig ever. Definitely the best stage show I've ever seen. I don't even know what will come close to that, to be honest. I was just completely blown away. It was just the fact that it was surprise after surprise. Even with the stuff you knew was coming there was always a little bit of a tweak to those stunts and just the scale of it i've never they had the cock cannon for pussy as well yeah but it was like a new cock cannon as well new and updated cock that's the thing they had a new cooking pot it had flackers like keyboard on the side they had a new cock cannon instead of being pink and novelty it was sort of the steel one with massive balls (laughs) yes yes it was um just amazing announced uh, a, a spate of um, shows for next year already so this tour is is going to carry on into next year including uh, Coventry Stadium yeah so bit random there you go Coventry but there is uh, a lot of rumours that you know they are touring very close to some festivals maybe so maybe that mm. won't be the last UK date we'll see I am literally speculating I have no idea but um, I mean if they did do a festival You'd assume it would be downloaded, of course, but I mean, you never know. Bands have turned up to Reading and other places. Mm. <clears throat> I don't know how they could fit that stage into a festival set. I think they'd have to have their own area just for them, like just ACDC. for their stage, like ACDC. And I think they'd have to somehow adapt the setup to be a festival setup and just be configured slightly differently. Yeah, it would. It, it would. It would have to be, wouldn't it? It'd either yeah. have to be that or a show that was so significantly downsized that while I'm sure it would still be great, you wouldn't feel like you were getting the full experience. experience. And if you're booking Ramstein for your festival, you're pretty, I mean, obviously the yams out and stuff, but you're basically doing it off the back of thousands of people going, this is the best show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So you don't really want to have people feel like they're not getting that. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see. Yeah. Logistical nightmare. Jane. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do, I do think <laughs> a few people are going, why Coventry? And I do think it's probably because, um, the stadium is the size and maybe even shape that they are looking for. Um, they're obviously, they, it's, as far as England goes, they obviously feel quite comfortable at that thirty to 40,000 level. Um, you know, maybe next time they come round on a new album, they'll upgrade to like Wembley or something. But yeah, I, I imagine I think, that's why they've chosen that as opposed to doing like the ATAD in Manchester or something like that. Yeah, and they can play pretty much anywhere they want in the country or think and people will go see that show. You know, even if it's not as well connected as Manchester or whatever for the rest of the country. Well, we shall see what remains for them over the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, you get the feeling that this isn't the last time that we'll be 
talking about this show. <laughs> Even if you're like a bit on the fence about Ramstein, it is well worth seeing that show because oh god, yeah, no, you'll have never seen anything. I like I it. was thinking, I was trying to think of anyone I knew that wouldn't have enjoyed that show, and I could have counted them on one hand. Like, I know yeah. people that don't even like metal that would have liked that. Oh yeah, it's just mad, yeah. absolutely mad. Well done, them. And speaking of big, impactful tours and shows and such like, Slayer have announced the final leg of their final tour. Big stuff indeed. Uh, they're getting supported across some US dates um, later on this year by Primus Ministry and Phil Anselmo. Mm. Talked a bit about Phil Anselmo in relation to Down. I saw a few people unhappy that he'd been booked for that. So That's interesting. Interesting, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, Phil Anselmo and the Illegals are doing a Pantera set, I think. Well. So there you go. There you go. Obviously, you know, will milking, this be, milking some of that. Will this be the final tour? It's like they keep announcing They have said legs. this is the final, final leg. And the last show is at, I think it's the Forum, but don't quote me on that. But it's in LA anyway, okay. in, the, in November. Um, just after my birthday, I think, if anyone wants to take <laughs> me. So, uh, so yeah, that will be it. That will be it for Slayer. So that's going to be uh, a big emotional uh, bar for them. Um, I'll make your birthday card with Slayer on it. Thank It'll you. It'll be just as good. I'd still rather go though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and another big tour has been announced for a band just starting their ascent into heavy metal. I'm really, legend. really excited about this. Yeah, Ghost have announced a European tour, including Wembley Arena. Wembley Arena. Wembley Arena. And not just Wembley Arena. Wembley Arena is part of a UK arena tour. They're doing mm. like five dates and they're all in big, big venues. Yeah. It's exciting, isn't it? It's really exciting. I cannot wait to see. I mean, actually, yeah, if it's. Do you think at that point it's still going to be Cardinal Copier or do you think the story will have moved on? I was thinking about this kind of stuff the other day, actually, because Ghost haven't actually played the UK that much on this album yet. They did the uh, Royal Aberhall, Aberhall, yeah, and then they've done a couple of dates with Metallica. So it's not really like they're overexposed here, but at the same time, I do feel like, you know, they've been a big story. This album's been a big story for well over a year now. Um, I wonder if they might put out like an EP or some more music or do something. Yeah, I didn't really think about it from the point of view of maybe they could move the story along and and do something so people feel like there's a bit of a renewed energy around them. Because they always have the videos. Uh, the last one they did was a takeoff of The Shining, wasn't it? They had like yeah, the yeah, little yeah. Like, tricycle things that are riding around. So it wouldn't surprise me if they built something into the story, you know, in the same way that zero comes out and does the saxophone solo it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they just did something wild in a video and then kind of reproduced it for the show but i have no idea i'd like to see it i mean I, i've so, uh, i've seen them do the big two-hour show twice now i went over to france for the metal cover feature we did back in uh february or march um and i'll be yeah be interesting to see if they, they're just still doing that same kind of set list same mm. kind of show um, but what I will say is that as good as the Royal Habit Hall show was, especially like acoustically and all that kind of stuff, in terms of the actual full ghost experience, Wembley will be a whole different level, I think. I think they're going to be bringing pyro. Yeah, exactly. You would think, you the know, France show was like in, in front of about 8,000 and the difference in the show was really noticeable. Yeah. More pyro, more stuff going on. Um, yeah, it was good. So that'd be fun. And uh, more tour stuff. Um, although I think the tour part was already announced, but Lacuna Coil are doing a ton of shit. Um, they're touring the UK in November and they have announced their new album. Black Anima is out October 11th via Century Media. Hmm. Exciting times. I like Lacuna Coil, so I'm excited. There's a very strong 
um, uh, concept around the last record, wasn't there? Yeah, so I'd be interested there was, to see if they yeah. go down that kind of road or not. They kind yeah. of took something that was quite personal to them and turned it into a big thing. Yeah, it was all about mental health and um, mental health institutions and what it's like uh, visiting people in institutions. And Christina spoke a little bit about how she'd had some personal experience of that. And it all kind of fed into it and fed into their aesthetic as well. They're all kind of dressed in sort of medical themed clothes. And obviously since then as well, they had their anniversary celebrations and did all the circus and carnival stuff. So I'll be curious to see whether any of that's kind of fed back into it. Any of that kind of vibe of celebration and carnival-esque stuff. Mm. So who knows? I don't have an idea of what it'll be like. I'm completely open to being surprised. Being surprised indeed. Let's get surprised by smashing these links this week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Our lovely readers from facebook.com forward slash Melhammer readers. Come along and and join us and hang out with us and ask us questions for the podcast. Um, Bryce Brown has asked. Oh, God. I haven't seen these questions. No, I screened them. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bryce says, we've seen pirate metal, which is fantastic. In my opinion, in Bryce's opinion, would you be opposed to seeing other genres such as alien or sci-fi metal, cowboy metal, <laughs> etc.? <laughs> I mean, the ideas ran out of steam really quickly with this. Alien and sci-fi alien, or cowboy, cowboy. etc. Like, <laughs> um, I would like ice cream metal. If you listened to the podcast oh, last week, and I talked for about ten minutes about ice cream, and these guys weren't very happy with me. But yeah, I'd like to see um, songs just about different kind of ice creams and. When you went to the gig, they would have all the flavours of ice cream. And every time they played a certain song, they'd have an ice cream to go with it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But Alien and Sci-Fi Metal. I kind of feel like there is Alien and Sci-Fi Metal. um, Not as a subgenre, but there's definitely bands that write about Aliens and Sci-Fi. Yeah, there's a really decent thrash band. Yeah, I was thinking, what's the beginning with V? Is Is it beginning with V? Yeah, Vector. Yeah, Vector yeah, with yeah. a K. I think they do right. kind of alien and sci-fi stuff. Um, I'm yeah, sure cool. there's other bands that have done alien things. Maybe even written about the film Alien. Am I going down the wrong track here? I'm sure uh, there's stuff. I mean, I'm sure of some bands have And conspiracy about theories as well. People have written about conspiracy theories. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff is represented. Alien metal I mean, is cool. I'm down for that. I got, I got PR'd. Um, another pirate metal band the other day and if you're listening you know who you are and I'm judging you I was just about to say it uh, Lagerstein yes fucking Lagerstein Um, and we're probably going to do something on there quite soon so pirate metal is alive and kicking clearly pirate metal I feel like has been sort of a slow burn because I felt like it exploded it was running wild and then like 20 years later (laughs) Aelstorm no I felt like it exploded with with Ailstorm and a couple of other bands and it's sort of just been bubbling away in the background for like the last decade and then in the last year I've heard of all these other pirate metal bands and there's a pirate metal festival that's going to be happening in South Africa as well oh my god so it's like I feel like there's a resurgence of pirate metal did you ever predict that no uh, there you go <laughs> what else is Cow- cowboy metal Don't, no. I can't think of any bands who do that no I mean, we've got Viking metal, but I think Viking metal works a lot better because it's much more intrinsically linked with, you know, historical context and culture and all that kind of stuff. And there's more to talk about there. I think if guys just want to sing about yo-ho-hoing and stuff, that's fine. If you're going to make a cowboy metal band, you'd call yourself Cowboys from Hell, wouldn't you? Yes. 
Although maybe not anymore because it's problematic. Oh, Thanks, Phil. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm what not saying your... we should actually go that far, by the what way. What would your subgenre be? Oh, I don't know. Wrest- wizard, wrestling wizard, metal. Wizard metal. Ha, ha, ha. Wrestling metal. Well, like, yeah, wrestling metal to me is just bands that write songs that end up on WWE Raw. <laughs> no, but you could have it like a monomath. It would be like bands that literally write about different wrestlers and things like that. Um, uh, yeah. Hip hop actually has got a really good uh, legacy of making ref- wrestling references, so we we need more of that in uh, in metal for sure. Hmm. Maybe I'm, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next question? Trent Swindles asks. What great name! I'm a late convert to Clutch. Now do I go back and get all their albums? Are there suggestions for ones to skip? Where to start? Fuck yes! Never too late to get into Clutch. One of the best bands going. Um, and also, if you're one not of those seen bands... them live yet, Trent, that's the most important thing. Go see them live ASAP because they are so good. They're also one of those bands that unify people as well. Like yeah, whatever definitely. age you are or whoever you are, you will probably enjoy Clutch. There's probably about two or three bands that every single person that works across Louder, which is us, classic rock and prog, um, all like. And Clutch is one of them. Um, for me, Blast Tyrant is their best album. It's one of my favorite kind of. I guess stoner rock, but more just kind of heavy riffy rock and roll albums. Um, I really loved Earth Rocker as well. That's my favourite. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, that's so good. The last album was brilliant as well. I mean, they've rarely put a foot wrong, but I think if you like, if you want just a good bass level uh, album that shows you kind of all the different stuff they can do and just kicks ass, for me, I'll go with Blast Tyrant, which I think turns 15 years old this year, which is a bit depressing. I'd go for Earth Rocker. Earth Rocker. Do the little bit in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben asks, are you surprised Ghosts have gone straight into arenas rather than trying Brixton and other academies and then a one-off arena show at the end like Bring Me the Horizon and... Architects. Architects do. Sorry, my phone just started getting going doolally then. Go away. He just threw his phone across the room, guys. It's serious away. now. Sorry, we just had a weird phone moment there, but it's all good. Where were we? Uh, Ghost and... Uh, yeah, why have Ghost gone straight so into arenas rather arena than doing tour. what most bands do? Yeah. Because uh, normally you see a band uh, do an album cycle, then right at the end of the album cycle, um, they'll do like a one-off arena show and then they'll come back and do arenas properly the next time. Whereas Ghost have just gone, fuck it, we're, we're, doing, we're doing an arena tour. Mm-hmm. It's the first Ghost tour for years and they're going straight into arenas. Yeah, I think they're Thoughts? just... I think it's just the way they've managed to build it up. I remember they were very strategic from the beginning. They told us that they played their first shows in the UK rather than back home because they knew there'd be more of a fan base here and that they got some hype around them on those first shows. And then they have this whole theatrical concept which can be taken to different places and they can have the pyro and the costumes and the concepts. And they did Royal Albert Hall and that's kind of a prestige one. Yeah, they've just grown it in such a way that now they have a big show. They have this devoted fan base who want to see what the next updates are going to be. And I think that's how they managed to do it. Fair fucks. Yeah, I, I'm, I hope it works for them because, um, it, I mean, it really feels like that it's happening for a lot of bands now. Architects have done an arena, Parkway have done big venues. Um, you know, now Ghost, it just feels like a lot of heavy bands are really pushing out and, and getting into big venues now. It's brilliant. More of it, please. Yes. What else is going on? <laughs> Okay, so Scott asks, do you believe in Bigfoot and or UFOs? <laughs> and or, no. Well, actually, I don't believe in, 
Okay, how can I put this? I don't believe that. I don't believe in the Bigfoot that loads of people say they've seen snapped around and stuff. I guess it's not beyond the realms of possibility in such a wide, if increasingly endangered ecosystem, <laughs> um, that there could be a big old monkey lad hanging out somewhere that we haven't discovered yet. The rainforest is a big place. I guess it's possible in theory, <laughs> but I don't really believe that. I, uh, again, aliens. I struggle to believe that. Um, like there's not something out there in the infinity of space, but I don't believe that UFOs and come have beamed up people all who happen to be regnecks and just poke their bums and stuff. I just don't believe that. I think we should send you on a special metal hammer investigation into the rainforest to see what you can find. <laughs> I don't know how that could relate to us, but sure. Maybe I can find them. We could do Bigfoot metal. Oh. Um, Bryce would love that. I actually went to, I went to Roswell on a road trip. Oh yeah, you did. A couple of years ago. And it was amazing. All the streets have got like UFO lampposts. There's a UFO museum. There's UFO restaurants. There's like, statues of aliens that you can pose with and i love that kind of like tacky amusement sideshow americana thing so i was loving it and the museum was actually super fascinating i'm not gonna lie i came away from the museum thinking something has happened i don't necessarily mean that i believe in ufos and aliens yeah but it definitely looked like there was a government cover-up of something yeah like all the people associated with Roswell, something bad happened to them. Like they died Ooh. of some kind of disease or they got murdered or they went missing. Like the museum kind of takes you through the whole story and there were definitely things that happened to people that shouldn't have happened and there were definitely government agents involved. So I don't know what it was. Probably not aliens. Some shit went down, I think, though. Wow. Yeah. So I don't believe in aliens, do believe in government conspiracies. Yeah. Possibly. Maybe. Aliens. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the aliens will be a convenient smokescreen to sort of cover up whatever else was going on, like, I don't know, weapons testing aliens are or real? something. No, I mean... Like, <laughs> or the story... I was like... Yeah, <laughs> like, the aliens would be a good story to distract oh, from right, whatever yeah, else yeah, they yeah, were yeah. doing. Fair. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. And Roswell's great, so you should go there anyway. Maybe I will. Uh, on my way to the rainforest. Tom Byrne asks, who would you feature on your Mount Rushmore of metal? Mine's quite predictable, but I think it's okay to be for something like this. Is it Bruce Dickinson four times? No, it's not. So I actually have thought about this. Oh my God, I haven't got Metallica represented though. Hold on a minute. Okay, so I've kind of gone for a mixture of people who are like the faces of metal and also people who are like the architects of metal. Okay. As well as, so not just kind of four front men. So I've got Tony Iommi, Rob Halford, Steve Harris, and James Hetfield, which means I just crossed off Dio, which I feel really bad about. Dio can get like a little statue next to the next to my Mount Rushmore. That's pretty decent. It's all kind of very 80s based. It feels a bit like old dudes on a rock, but that's what <laughs> that's Mount Rushmore what it is. is so it's, old dudes fine. on a rock. Yeah. Uh, I quickly Googled it, and it said on Wikipedia that the four people represent birth, growth, development and preservation what yeah oh i didn't know that birth growth development and preservation okay, okay. so there's an actual theme to the guys on there so well, i it just, almost works then i just quickly picked ozzy osbourne for birth okay bruce dickinson for growth okay james hetfield for development well i wasn't sure about that because i kind of felt like maybe it should be someone a bit later i'd almost put maiden for development and metallica for growth 
Yeah, you know swap I mean? swap them around. Yeah. And then preservation, I picked Avenged Sevenfold because I thought, <laughs> fucking hell. Because <laughs> if it's preservation, right, you've got to pick a band who took all the aspects of no, birth, totally, totally. growth and development and is continuing them now. I'm just thinking Matt Shadow's on that rock going, how the fuck did I end up here? This is amazing. <laughs> but like of contemporary metal bands who've just been talking about big shows, yep. you know, uh, Wembley Arena type shows, of the bands that we cover, if you're talking purely metal, they're the ones kind of carrying forward this metal aesthetic and like yeah, the metal yeah, image. Yeah. And they're not one of these bands that have turned around and said, we're not metal anymore. They fully go, yeah, we love metal. Like we want to do all the stuff with Metallica. We want to be metal. So I was like, if you're going to go for a preservation and somebody who's going to carry it on, it kind of has to be them. Yeah, it's a fair shout. Um, can we do a new metal one as well? Just because. Okay, go on then. Um, Jonathan Davis, Mr. Frederick Durst the first. Uh, Chester Bennington and the guy from Edema. <laughs> it's got to be someone doing it now. It's got to be the preservation No thing. one's doing new metal now. Loads of people are doing metal now. Oh, no. Uh, well, uh, Jacoby Shaddix then. Yeah, he'd be all right. Yeah. yeah. He's taking Or you on. go, you, you move all them back and you kind of go further along one and put like Mike Patton on as a kind of pre-new metal yeah, innovator. As a, but yeah. he would probably hate that. Oh, yeah. He would definitely not want to be on there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll do that. Cool. Uh, that is all we have time for this week, lads. Lads, it's been it's been real. <laughs> Why are you obsessed with lads? I don't know. I just don't know. Just a nice word to say. Next week we will be unveiling. Um, uh, I'm not even just saying it for the hype. Our biggest cover of the year, or covers. <laughs> da, 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 da. I actually just got confused when you said that, but I've just remembered what we spent months working on. Yeah, it's going to be big. There's a lot going on. We're very excited about it. It's one of the biggest things we've done this year. Uh, and yeah, all will be revealed imminently. But in the meantime, have a lovely few days and uh, stay safe, everybody. See? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why stay, I just didn't know how to sign off. Stay like metal. Not, that, like I've not done right. it 71 times before. Stay metal. Yeah, stay yeah. metal. Why not? Yeah. Horns up. We will see you next week, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.